Hi, and welcome to the Unique Perspective Show, broadcast live on Hakol Radio, powered by the Montanithasar. Every person, and in particular, every Jew, is special and unique in his or her own way, contributing to society with their very own flavor. My name is Yehuda Blonder, your show host, and I was born with a rare genetic medical condition called familial dysautonomia, also known as FD. Growing up and overcoming multitudes of medical challenges shaped the person I am today, as well as gave me a rather unique perspective on life. On this show, we will be sitting down with amazing people with unique perspectives in life who will give us a glimpse into their lives and what makes them who they are. Come along with me for the ride on the Unique Perspective Show on Hakko Radio. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Unique Perspective Show live on Hakko Radio powered by the Munson Mivasar. Today... I am thrilled that we have Rabbi Simcha Scholar on the show, the CEO of Chai Lifeline, an international chesed organization helping families with children who suffer from yenamachla and other life-threatening diseases. On today's show, we will be discussing with Rabbi Scholar where he came from, what made him decide to start Chai Lifeline, what Chai Lifeline does, and all the other programs within Chai Lifeline. Welcome, Rabbi Scholar. How are you today? How are you? How's everything? Baruch Hashem. How are you, Rabbi Scholar? Welcome. There are very, I, very I, few people that I would take out a chunk of time during the day to speak to about things like this. I actually did not think it would actually happen. So thank you for joining. My uh, my assistant couldn't believe I was doing this. Said, you don't know Blanda. <laughs> <laughs> So even if I say no, he's going to do it anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> no, not like that anymore. <laughs> so where did you grow up? I grew up in um, Westbury, Long Island. My father was a Rav in Westbury, Long Island. Um, I went to Yeshiva Teres Moshe in Queens. And then I went on to Chofetz uh, Chaim High School, also in Queens. Uh, then I went to Eretz Yisrael. I lived in many different places. And then I came back to Miri Yeshiva in Brooklyn. And that's where I spent most of my post-high school years. Uh, I had a Rebbe in high school. His name was Rebbe Garville Ginsburg, who was actually one of the great architects of Torah in America. Uh, he was the one that uh, created the seed program and a lot of different other things. He was a, he was a unique person. Uh, not only was he the Minal and the Sifter of Chavetz Chaim, then he went on to become the Rush Kyle on the, the West Side Kyle, you know, very close to Rebusson Wachfeigel, and we uh, helped him uh, execute his plan of, of community Kyle throughout throughout America. And then he became the Rush Shiva in Israel in Toronto. And uh, you know, so we were very, very close. Uh, and uh, he uh, was a very, very significant influence of my life. And of course, the Rush Shiva in the near uh, taught me uh, taught me everything I am, you know. So um, I am a I am a proud product of Miri Yeshiva. I am a proud Talmud of Shmuel Berenbaum. I don't know if he considers me a Talmud, but I consider him a Rebbe. And Baruch um, Hashem, I am who I am. <laughs> so, uh, you, I didn't know that you grew up in West Barry, Long Island. Um, 
I, th- I, I thought I, I someone told me that you're beyond a chassid. So I became I, I became a beyond a chassid uh, much later. Um, when the, you know there were there were obviously a, there were a lot of years between uh, Miri Yeshiva getting Kailo, getting married. I was a rav of a shul for many years. I was a rebbe in in, a, in high schools. So there was a whole bunch of years between um, my getting married, right, and the beginning of, of High Lifeline. It was probably uh, 12, 13 years. Um, uh, okay. like um, at, at the very onset of High Lifeline, uh, you know, we want to create an organization that was really something unique and different. What made you decide to start High Lifeline? Well, the, the the initial need of High Lifeline, I, I should say, the initial need of Camp Simcha, that's really where it started okay. from, was created by a person by the name of Rabbi Pindavas Horowitz. He was the Chusta Rebbe, he was the son of the Boston Rebbe, um, and he had this idea. Him and I met. Um, Literally after the, you know, by the founding of of, of Camp Simcha, uh, how we met is not is really that important. But you know, he was I, I was a rav of uh, I was a rav uh, of a shul on the Avenue P and his fourth, and he was okay. giving lech sherem on on the Avenue P. So as the as the local rav and as uh, as he being the rav of we had a lot of interaction, um, and uh, we had you know I was involved with someone. Uh, in in the community who had a sick child, uh, illness in those days in in our community was shunned upon. People helped. We Chalifai didn't create Chesed. Chesed was created by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Oylem Chesed Yibaneh, and we definitely didn't create Bikachaylem. Avramavina created Bikachaylem. It wasn't it wasn't us. What we did was we professionalized it. We we brought it into the to the real world, and we created a whole different model uh, that. Didn't exist before. Uh, we actually changed the way how people look at at sick people. You know, um, we took them out of the closet. We made them, and we 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 told the world they're not different. They're the same. They just have a medical situation. This right. situation doesn't make somebody different. You know, it's a they're not a mitzayah. You know, they're not yashiv bada. We have to remove them from the machina. They're part of the machina. They're part of the machina. Right. They're part of the machina. So uh, the, the, the same way somebody has, uh, you know, someone has asthma, someone has uh, whatever, something else. You know, it's 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 it's. So th- that was a kind of a very very new, new thing for the for the for the Jewish community. It was, a, it was actually it was a new thing for the overall American community also. For the whole world also, because it's something that it wasn't it wasn't talked about really like. Correct. Right. It, it wasn't talked about in the whole world. So, like bringing, uh, opening an organization like Highlight and bringing it out and telling the world there's other people that should be included, even though they they have illnesses. That's like major. We, we even went we even went a step further than that. We didn't say there are other people. We said they're our right. people. Right. <laughs> we said they're members of the family. We said that, so so Chaylifan took it a, a step further. They're not others; they're us. Right? They're, they're, they're us. us. They're, they're part. Us. They're part they're of us. one big family. 
That's right. That's right. And, and you know, if, 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 if you have a family member that's allergic to nuts, I don't think any anyone's going to serve uh, a nut pie, uh, a pecan pie at, uh, at Shabbos, you know, someone's right. allergic to nuts, you know, because he's a member of our family. The same thing is right. true with them, they're a member of our family. And, and okay, they just need something different, you know. A person needs a wheelchair, it's not because he's different, because that's his mode of transportation. You know, so <laughs> you get from point A to point B. Some, some exactly. people hop, hop, some people take an e-bike, some, some people take a wheelchair. Whatever they need, that's what that's exactly. what they so do. That's what Khalifan really did. So so at the very beginning over wow. there, uh, you know, so he had this idea uh, of, of a camp for children with cancer. It was his idea, nobody else's idea. Uh, and, and I had this experience with somebody uh, in my shul, whatever, you know, you know, that was going on at that, at that moment. Right. And that's how we kind of joined forces. Mm-hmm. And when I got my feet wet in it, I saw I saw that this was a, a chidush that could probably change the world. Uh, and we were partners together for the first couple of years. Uh, you know, um, and then we, then we went our own way. Um, so Kem, the original idea of Camp Simple was his. What year did what year did Chaylaklin start, and what year did Camp Simple start? 80, uh, 86 or eighty nine. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, Camp Simple started the same year as Chaylaklin. First Camp Simple okay. started, then Chaylaklin followed right afterwards. Okay. Um, so Chaylaklin was basically my my, my baby, um, uh, and then you know. Then when Camp Simple, then 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 we began to build Chalai Flying, Then we began to build Camp Simcha, and then from that went uh, then you know and then we then we began to build a concept of services of year-round services. Then we began to expand to illnesses beyond cancer. Then we opened up Camp Simcha Special. Um, then we opened up a crisis intervention department. And these were these were huge. Uh, innovation stepping stones stepping stones innovations we broke we broke the model our crisis intervention team took mental health and allowed all types of jews not observant to 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 be able to feel comfortable with a interventionist because our idea was not not that we have a mental health professional right our idea was that we we're going to train one of yours in basic mental health. In other words, kind of like Hatzalah. Hatzalah changes, trains EMT, then there are paramedics, and then and then you got to go to the hospital, right? So there are different stages. But right. the first response is a is a is a dedicated volunteer that gets trained. So that's what we did, and um, and changed the world. It literally changed. Wow. The world. And um, with great siyat bishmai. So you're asking how I became a biyana chosid, because um, initially when the chayyim fly began, we needed a rov. Obviously, how do you how do you how do you how do you have a Jewish organization without without a rov? So uh, I used to fly every month to speak to Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Arbach, every month in Eretz every month. Um, and you need a rebbe because you need you need chizuk. So I used to I used wow. to go. I used to go to Reb Herschel Svika in, in Williamsburg. Okay. Back Purim, uh, around Purim time, Reb Shlomizam was Nifter. So I immediately went to Reb Dabba Feinstein, and he became the, the, you know, the Roman Chai Lai Fai, um, literally from the week after Reb Shlomizam 
if it was Nifta, I don't know, it was 30 years ago, maybe, I don't know. And uh, that summer, the partial speaker died. So wow. anyway, so what happened was, I went to Eretz Yisrael that summer. For, um, you know, for uh, at that time we did have a, a, a small branch in, in Israel, but um, I went there for more for personal reasons. There was something going okay. on in my family, um, and I went there. And what's interesting is, I always stayed. Those days, I stayed in the Ramada Renaissance, and this time. There was no room in Ramada. I stayed in the Plaza Hotel. Right. So anyway, so so the the Rebbezisha Herschel's a friend of Rocha, and the gentleman by the name of Neil Rothenberg always wanted me to go see the Biana Rebbe. Rebbezisha was his father-in-law, Biana's father-in-law, and, the, and and Neil Rothenberg was like a big chassid. And I never really wanted to see him because I was busy with Herschel speak. I, I know whatever he was, he was he's he's younger than me. The Biana Rebbe. Anyway, I come downstairs in the Plaza Hotel. And I see them, they come over to me and said, do you want to see the Rebbe? I had this problem on my head. I said, look, I'm only here for a day and a half, two days. If you can get me an appointment between this and this time, I'm in. Okay. So I see the work, you know, one, two, three, boom, boom. So uh, I, I get a phone call back two hours later. Yeah, come to the to the Biana Clays. That's where the Rebbe is uh, at this time. The first time I, I walk in, I speak to the Rebbe. We spoke for an hour and a half. Wow. Now he even and when when he when he got up, he walked me out, which was a big comment. He walked me out. And I walked out and I said to myself, I don't know about holy Jews, not holy Jews, you know. I don't know about smart Jews and not smart Jews, you know. I spoke to a lot of smart people and holy people in my life. I've never spoken to anybody in my life that feels for another Jew like to be out of Wow. So I was hooked. And uh, you know. You know, I, I was hooked, and uh, you know, now like, he's a much, he's a very big rabbi. And it's, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people go to see him, and uh, whatever. But um, Baruch Hashem, I'm close to other people also, so that's how we, um, that's how we develop the relationship. And both of them, Reb David Feinstein, Zechariah Mavrocha, Hamdul and Chaim Mechaim, and the Biyana Rebbe, were guides to us, and still are guides to us, about the direction of how Chaylafon should go. Because we never ever made a major move here without their consultation. And I got some news for you. Every time they said to me, Well, I think you should do this, but do what you want, right? They didn't tell me exact. Sometimes they told me this right. is right. And sometimes like they kind of left it up to me. And I made a decision that was different than their decision. Failed. Wow. <laughs> Failed. Wow. <laughs> wow. So Das Torah is an incredibly important part of running a Jewish organization. And we were privileged, you know, we were privileged to have, uh, and are privileged to have such close relationships. Uh, and Baruch Hashem, what, what you see today, the phenomenon of Chai Lifeline today has changed the perspective of the Jewish community on illness, on disability. It has, right. Baruch, Hashem, it has Baruch Hashem even gave birth to other organizations that do different things for other populations or and or even the they are same population give them a different dimension it 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 it, it, it has it has inspired thousands of men and women who are counselors in camp Simcha, campus in camp Simcha, to do good things for the jewish community to direct right. direct result 
So we can proudly say that we have created a revolution in the Jewish community that is doing what is doing exactly what Akadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do. That's obviously Israel. All right. We will be right back after words from our sponsor. Is your computer running slower than molasses? Are you desperate to salvage important data from your hard drive? Let's face it, IT work can be a nightmare at times. Whether it entails virus removal, server or network setup, networking and cloud backup, or simple laptop and desktop ongoing IT support. At VentureTech, we understand how essential your systems are to your daily life, and we take the time to accurately diagnose every technical issue you're experiencing. Call us now for a consultation by dialing 347-603-0033 or shoot us an email to info at VentureTechComputers.com. How did uh, Rabbi Scala get to Rabbi Booth? Through Rabbi David Feinstein or through Rabbi Moshe? Is that so? No. Um, I, when I, I used to go down to Rabbi, to Rabbi David literally every week with a whole bunch of Shilas. Okay. Take the F train straight down there. And I said to Rabbi David, and I said to Rabbi David, I think it's time already that we have a rub. We need a rub, so you know, to come into the office, whatever. And you know, so was, the organization was getting big, and, and 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 you know, people were calling me, and I had to go down there, and some people didn't want to call me. So it would, you know, I do a lot of shyness that were not being asked properly, and a lot of times the shyness were not being responded to efficiently because I, you know, because I wasn't able to get down there right away. So Rabbi, so Rabbi David immediately hired Rabbi Bluth. He said, "Why don't you speak to Rabbi Bluth?" So fine, I went down. That that was, I think, I went down that Friday um, to Kensington, and I went into his shul in Kensington. And he was sitting there. <laughs> and he said, "Okay." So Rabbi David said to me that I'm the rub right now. <laughs> it was done already. It wasn't done there. It was always to you. He was interviewing me. <laughs> But it was it was the greatest thing in the world because Rabbi Luth, who was sorely sorely missed here, was a person that was not just the rub of High Lifeline. He was the rub of many, uh, of many employees here because of because of his relationship to High Lifeline. Many people are very, very close to him, and he was a Pisic par excellence. He wasn't afraid to pass in a Shaila. He had broad shoulders. He Talmud of Ramosha, Talmud Muvago. Of Ramosha, and um, he saw me missed. How long was he the rub of Chai Lifeline? Over 20 years for sure. Wow, he saw me missed. Yeah, but how long has he gone already? Three years? Uh, it's more. Oh, yeah, I think it's like four or five years, four, four, for sure, four years, I think. Uh, yeah, so yeah, probably, probably, probably close to 20 years. Wow. And he came in, and he came into the office every came week, in or office every, 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 every other week. week. So every initially, initially he came in every week. Uh, then when he started getting a little ill, he came in every other week, and then he just would come in. You know, he had, uh, you probably remember him. He had he had different stages. You know, when he was yeah, fast and healthy, and you know, and uh, always always happy. Unfortunately, but he and, was always happy. Yeah, and then he got happy. sick. You know, and then he got sick, and. Um, I was the per- last person in this world he spoke to. Wow. I was speaking to him about a Shiloh or whatever. And he said, Simcha, they're coming to take me away for the, uh, for the procedure. And uh, he never got out of the procedure. What is What was Rabbi Scholar's relationship with um, Shlomo Zakhan? Is that so? Shlomo Zakhan was my brother or my partner. 
my mentor, my friend, my inspiration. Some of archive, and there were one or two. There was there were, there were others, but you know others like Shlomo Hapsal and other other people like that. Shlomo Zakheim was great, one of the greatest assets of the growth of this organization. He believed in it. He worked for it. He supported it. Um, he respected it. Yeah. Shlomo Zakheim was a, probably one of the greatest Balei Chassadim of his generation. I don't think... The Gadar in, in Chassad. Yes, one of the Gadar Hadar in Chassad, for sure. And, and I don't think anyone will ever know all the stuff he did. He was a special person, okay. and, he, and he and he did it with such discretion and with such humility, with such humbleness. You know, I, you know. I remember seeing him by the Sea of Hashas. Now, Shlomo was a very significant businessman. You know, he, he right. What was his role by the Sea of Hashas? The, the first one, I think, in the. Uh, that stadium, the Chase Stadium over there, I don't know what it was called in those days. Uh, but you know, the the yeah. not the last one, but the one before that, and one that, that was in the summer. So what was MetLife Stadium? Was it MetLife? No, yeah, yeah. Was, I think yeah. the one before MetLife. I, I, I'm not sure, but but um, okay, could be, could be uh, right. Yeah. Anyway, um, Shlomo Zakai wasn't sitting in the in the in the box seats when he. Where he belonged, what's the city with all the shooting where he belonged? Shlomo Zakheim was wearing a Hatzalah jacket, wheeling in a Matasiola Solomon. That was Shlomo yeah. No one would ever yeah. know Shlomo Simcha. Yeah. was Shlomo Zakheim. To him, he was just a regular right. medic. Right. Where essence, the, everything, everything was his. He was the architect of the whole medical program. He was the, he was the, he was everything. He was involved, <clears throat> involved with so many of the kids in a very, very positive way. In the, you know, in the, you know, he was just a special person. And then um, we miss him. You know, we miss him. We really miss him. You know, and and for that matter, you know, you had the Shlomo Apsel, who uh, was also, you know, a, you know, different than Shlomo Zaka, but you know, a huge, huge believer in life life, a huge, huge supporter of Kemp Simple, Kemp Simple Special. Uh, if it wasn't for his Support there would be no camps of special. Uh, he believed in it, um, and you know these were special individuals, each in their own way were idolatrous. Right. Know. How how did you get <clears throat> to Shlomo Aspel? Um Shlomo Aspel was a good friend of some many years ago. He was a good friend of somebody who was involved here in Shlomo And what made you decide to start camps of special? What made us decide to start Camp Central Special was a story that happened uh, on Avenue J in Brooklyn, New York. Um, we always were involved with the clients that were in the hospital, that were right. the special population. And they all, and they had all the services that we have here for the, for the cancer population. We, they had there also. We just didn't have a camp. Okay. Um, Rivka Reichman, who's the um, Associate director was very involved with that population, and she was always strongly advocated for the for the for a camp. But nobody really wanted to do it because of the huge expense. And you know, right. what happened at AVJ was a woman was wheeling her disabled child. I mean, remember, it was a son or a daughter, uh, and the woman wanted to, to buy a pair of shoes. 
who, you know, okay. her kid or somebody else's kid, or or, 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 or the child in the wheelchair, or 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 some other, you know, some other one of her children. I'm not sure. So she goes in to the um, to the store. The store doesn't exist anymore. Backs into the store, and the salesman or the owner of the store says, "What are you doing?" So, "What do you mean? I need to buy a pair of shoes." So, didn't you look at the sign? So, what sign? What are you talking about? The sign says no strollers or carriages in the store. And the mother looks at what are you crazy? Like, this is this is my this is my my child. They're strolling. Kid, kid, kid can't walk. I'm sorry. A rule is a rule. So yeah, when that happened, I said we have to stop it. We have to change the way the world perceives these people. And you know, we initially we called the Kem Simcha special. It was purely marketing. It probably wasn't okay. in the long term. It probably wasn't the best idea because we because we knew Kem Simcha carried a lot of. Um, recognition and parents trusted Kim Simcha. Right. Parents, we, we wanted parents to trust us for Kim Simcha spe, for the, that special population. So we said we'll keep the name Kim Simcha, just add the special, you know, so we had the trust. But uh, the truth of the matter is that Kim Simcha special should really be the cancer camp because you make the kids in Kim Simcha with cancer special and the, and, the, and the kids in special, you make them into regular kids, so that should be called Kim Correct. Simcha. Correct. But uh, that's just how, that's just what happened. And what's uh, <laughs> the name? And once the name was um, was posted, was posted. Now we couldn't get counselors the first couple of years, in the first two or three years. Nobody wanted to become a counselor. My own daughter became the division head. She was the from the initial the initial um, the initial group of uh, of girls. Uh, and my own daughter's wedding, who got married that year, was almost like the first wedding in in our community. Where there were so many girls that came in wheelchairs, whatever, which is now you know standard, you know, in, 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 in a lot of weddings, Baruch Hashem. Uh, you know, they come with dancing. Nobody ever saw a thing like that. Wow. So, uh, and, and, and Baruch Hashem, listen, look what happened. It's a, it's a. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, if we would have double the space, we could have double the amount of kids. Wow. What year did Girl Special start? Because I remember it started, Boy Special started in 01, but I don't remember Girl Special starting in 01 as well. Yeah, it started the year of the fire. So, what was the fire? The year of the fire. fire. was 01. So, that's when it started. It started Boys and so Girls. Started. Boys and Girls started together, meaning right. separate steps. Separate, right, right, right. It started together, right. It was short. It was a couple days only. It was, uh... it was, it was one week. Right. One week, Rabbi Scholar. It was amazing. Well, like, Nobody knew what we were getting ourselves into. Nobody. Nobody. Exactly. Nobody knew. But it, it grew in. Shlomo was a critical, critical player in really developing the proper medical um, procedures, but nobody knew what we were getting. Nobody. Not me, not the doctors. Nobody knew what we were getting ourselves into. Nobody. But we took the plunge, and Baruch Hashem, it, uh, another thing that really uh, you know, changed the world, and it, it's much more sophisticated now than it was in 01, you know? Today, the, the medical center today that we have up there that we that we just expanded actually, uh, you know, because of uh, the Silver family, you know, wonderful people. It's one of the most one of the most it's the most one of the most sophisticated medical facilities in the entire Sullivan or Ulster County. Wow, um, unique unique building unique right? buildings in the, in camp. We're talking, we there's no need whatsoever for 
a child or anyone to go into an emergency room, okay? Because we have everything there. The only thing we don't have is uh, X-ray or MRI equipment. So right. that's what we have to go in. But that's for actual medical care. Wow. That's amazing. I just want to interrupt Rabbi Scholar because I don't know if Rabbi Scholar remembers. But in 01, right after the fire, camp started. Something was special. And I was the first one there. And me, I'm not going to age myself right now, but I walked around with Rabbi Scholar around the caution tape of <laughs> of where the fire was. I was. <laughs> and um, I, I said, so what's going to be? Like, what's your plan? Like, okay, we're building, a, we're going to build, build a dining room, whatever. So I asked Rabbi Scholar, how much money do you need? So Rabbi Scholar said, a million dollars. Yeah, right. And then Rabbi Scholar said, right after that, he's like, can you help me? I, said, no. <laughs> I was a little kid. I, <laughs> I think I think it cost five times that, by the way. Baruch <laughs> <laughs> Hashem. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a, you know something, the only thing that we lost from that fire was a dining room and uh, supplies and no human beings. It was really right. It's, it's Baruch Hashem, amazing. But that fire turned into something big because you got to... There's not, there's not been a single struggle in this organization that we went through or they're going through that we haven't grown from. And uh, we, we will continue to grow with Siat and Shemaya. What's uh, Rabbi Scholar's plans for camp going forward? Look, you know, the plan, the plan, it's an interesting uh, question. You know, the, you know, we're, this year, we're not building anything major. Um, last year, we built this outside facility, magnificent outside facility. This year, we're not building anything major. Um, but we have to refurbish and, and, and upgrade a lot of things. So the camp is aging a little bit. We also have to uh, build, uh, believe it or not, we have to build a part for staff, married staff. We have a lot of staff that stays there a whole summer. Um, and in order for us to expand the actual child part of the camp, we need to have you know, staff that's stable there. And we use the we use the facility, uh, you know, many many times during the year for uh, weekends. Right. We don't right. we don't we don't use hotels anymore. We use the camp. Wow. So everything we, everything goes up to camp. Right. So the more the more that we can expand the camp, uh, you know, we, we'll need it for the summer, and we'll, we, and we'll be able to use it for during for doing the year also. So um, you know, that's, that's what we're up to right now. There's so many programs going on over here in that, um, you know. What are the other programs within High Life when besides the crisis intervention and and all that? What other there's programs? Crisis, are... The crisis intervention, obviously the camps. Uh, there's, there's, there's case management. There's a couple thousand clients in the, in the case management. Right. There's, uh, there's the advocacy. There's Financial help, there's food, there's transportation, there's volunteer programs, there are programs for siblings, there are programs for the parents, there's uh, lectures for the hospitals, cultural sensitivity. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on here, and, and it's going wow. on in 14 different offices throughout the world. So it's not just happening, it's happening all over the place, uh, and some very, very active uh, regions, you know. Um, uh, you know, and, and different parts of the community. The New Jersey um, regional high life line is almost as big as New York. Uh, 
you know, so it's uh, that, that as big already, you know what I mean? Uh, right. But um, uh, Klai Yisrael is growing, you know, and every every region is growing, and, uh, you know, so we have to grow with it. And uh, this channel, and we're, and we're people here, maybe it's my personality, is that we're never happy with ourselves. We try to make other people happy. We're not happy with ourselves. In other words, that we help, we constantly keep on reviewing and seeing where we can do better. And, right. uh, things, and we have, because it worked in 2001, does not mean it's going to work in, two, in 2023. Uh, 100%. The parents are different. Everything is different. Uh, so they, so they, they constantly keep on being mechadesh and doing different things. And uh, you know, that's why we're fresh. That's why we are. That's why Chai Life is what Chai Life is. We will be right back after words from our sponsor. A mashal, a story, halacha, drush, divrei Torah, quotes and sayings galore. No matter what type you are, there is something in Torah Tavlin for everyone. Torah Tavlin is a compendium of stories and sayings, wit and wisdom from our Torah leaders and greatest gedolim throughout the generations. Torah Tavlin is read by over 50,000 people weekly and has a collection of over 10 svarim in print. Sign up today to receive the Torah Tavlin weekly newsletter by sending an email to subscribe at torahtavlin.org or by filling out the form by visiting our website at www.torahtavlin.org. Torah Tavlin is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all donations are tax deductible. To donate or for sponsorships and dedications, please visit us on the web or send an email to donate at torahtavlin.org. And we are back. Did Rabbi Scholar ever think that Chai is going to be what it is today? Rabbi Scholar was thinking only about helping the Jew today. And have the second Jew tomorrow and the third Jew tomorrow. No matter who that Jew is, if the Jew has payas, the Jew has a ponytail. Right. The difference between us and a lot of other organizations is two major differences. This is who we are, and this is who we're not. You wow. does not mean that someone that's a, a Zaidi or a Bubby that gets ill does not need a high type of service. Right? But Khalifa right. is, is not doing it. We're not a supermarket. Oh, this is what we're doing. And that's 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 number one. We're not a big we're, we're a professional organization with a very specific agenda. And number two is we believe in every Jew. Every right. Jew is wow. the only priority is in the need. That's how the that's that's how the Shlam is Orbach instructed us to do, that's what the fighting told us to do, um, and that's how we run this place. So it's not Heimish, it's not Yeshivish, it's not Madden, it's not this, it's not that, it's a Jew, a Jew needs help, and I can do How can we find out more about High Lifeline? Well, you know, I think they should email us at highlifeline.org Go into the okay. you know, go on the website, uh, give us a call, 212-465-1300, and we're here to help you anywhere, anywhere you are throughout the world. It's our privilege to be with you in your situation. Wow. Rabbi Schuyler, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and coming on. Um, it was a really great pleasure interviewing you and my pleasure. And, it's a it's a pleasure to be here. 
be here to be there to be here with you. <laughs> it really inspired me, and you're doing cloud work, and and that's am- amazing. Have a great day. You too. Take care. You have just listened to the latest episode of the Unique Perspective Show, broadcasted live on Hako Radio, powered by the Munson Mavasser. The Unique Perspective Show is hosted by Yehuda Blonder, who can be contacted through Hako Radio by sending an email to info at hakoradio.com. This show and many others can be found in the Hako Radio archive system, on our website and mobile apps, and can also be found on all major podcasting services.